This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to our second hour of Real Presence Live here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Father Jason Leffer joining me, Father James Gross, from our studios in the Grand Cities um, in the Diocese of Fargo, uh, nearer, within a little more than a stone's throw uh, from uh, the Diocese of Crookston uh, across the Red River, as we are very grateful to be joining you today. Uh, just wanted to mention um, congratulations to a couple of uh, groups here in the in the state of North Dakota from last weekend and the uh, Dakota Bowl. There were four new high school football champions crowned in the state, the West Fargo Cheyenne Mustangs, the Jamestown Blue Jays, the Kindred Vikings, and the Lamore Litchville Marion Lobos. Uh, each one won their respective classes in the high school football championship. Now in our neighboring states, um, I know Minnesota is getting down to the semifinals, and I'm forgive me if I don't know where the other um, uh, the status of the other ones are. But uh, it's a, a great a, a great time for a lot of these communities, and um, uh, congratulations to everybody who completed those seasons. So we have uh, well, the football. Sta- well, if it's football, what else goes with football? <laughs> Thanksgiving, yes, where there are three NFL games, I believe, that are broadcast on Thanksgiving Day. But our question is, how, from a Catholic under, uh, perspective, should we understand Thanksgiving Day? And we have an expert to speak to us about it, a fellow priest of the Diocese of Father, Fargo, Father Jeff Epler. Welcome to Real Presence Live, Father. And the crowd goes crazy. Oh. Yeah! Yay! Howdy! Howdy. So, Father Epler, what, what makes you an expert that. on Thanksgiving? <laughs> I think you're stretching the term expert there, my friends. But uh, <laughs> but all Christians should be an expert in Thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. Now, before yeah. we get into the uh, the heart of that, if you can just uh, orient our listeners as to um, uh, what uh, assignment you have as, as pastor in our diocese. Well, I am the pastor of St. John the Evangelist in Grafton, North Dakota. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the sunny northeast part of the state. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> not not yet frozen tundra, but will be soon. <laughs> yeah, pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> Very good. So, um... Thanksgiving is just one week from today, and of course it is a well-known secular holiday. Um, what, In what ways do kind of Christian themes uh, come, come across when we celebrate Thanksgiving? Well, um, I'm reminded all what St. Paul says in his first uh, letter to Thessalonians when he talks about rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything gives thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And when we look at the history of our secular holiday, we find really the province of God at work in the pilgrims uh, in Plymouth. When they landed in Plymouth, you know, it was uh, late in the, the year 1620, and so they're scrambling for food, and actually God, in his kindness, uh, had them befriend uh, the Wampanoag tribe, and uh, in particular, uh, a native called Squanto, who helped them uh, kind of get provisions for the winter, and then in the spring, he taught them how to grow corn. They hadn't done that before, so grow corn, and also, interesting enough, how to use dead fish as fertilizer for the fields. And so they actually end up having a great harvest that fall of uh, 1621, 
and they befriended the tribe, and they made an agreement, a fraternal charity agreement, to protect each other from the other tribes. And so uh, they had a major celebration of Thanksgiving, really just a fellowship and Thanksgiving, and the pilgrims, of course, were they're Puritans, so they're Christians, and they give thanks to God. Now, you find, uh, actually, historically, there is a real religious significance for the second time, I believe it's third time they celebrated this this fall uh, celebration with the natives, because in 1623, that year, they had a two-month drought, and so they were praying all the time that God would give them rain for the harvest, because they were hurting pretty bad. And God did, and so they were able to actually not starve but eat, and so that, the third Thanksgiving they did was, was significant religiously. Because they did it specifically in thanksgiving to God for His providence with the, with uh, ending the drought, but we as Christians, how do we approach Thanksgiving? Well, ultimately, it's got to be thanksgiving to God for His providential love. You know, um, we hear in uh, Chronicles, First Chronicles, I think is probably one of the most famous uh, Thanksgiving quotes from the Scriptures. First Chronicles sixteen thirty four, where it says, uh, "Give thanks to the Lord for He is good, for His love is everlasting," and Amen. His love is everlasting. And so as Christians, we should always have the spirit of thanksgiving to God, a deep gratitude for His love. Now, Father, that, I, I, I love history things and learning about that and, all, and, and everything. How about, um, is there, do you know about like Abraham Lincoln and the official decree of declaring Thanksgiving a national holiday? Do you, do you have any knowledge about kind of that? What, what how um, came about what's going on there? Not so much. Um, I know when he decreed it that that is when formally, I guess you'd say, that the turkey was adopted yeah. <laughs> as, the, uh, as the food for Thanksgiving. Um, the pilgrims, um, they probably had, thir- had uh, turkey. All was indicated in the historical records is that they provided a, an amount of fowl for the, for the meal, along with deer. And uh, the natives also helped provide deer because they actually went on a three-day hunt for that first Thanksgiving together uh, for deer. Um, but that fowl could be duck, geese, and could certainly be turkey, because turkey is uh, really native to North America. So it's kind I, of I think, uh, I, think, I think Benjamin Franklin wanted the turkey to be the national bird, actually. I'm not making that up. I mean, he really did. He, yes. Mm-hmm. He, and he had really kind of solid reasons why it, 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 he he wanted that. The... Um, I was kind of poking around and, and just prep for today's program, and I so I got in there to read about Abraham Lincoln and what's going on. So again, it was we've kind of got the Civil War theme going for right because it was during the during the course of that that the proclamation took place. That, that's right, and he he and, and this is where I, I see you know sometimes as a priest we you know we, we'll we'll struggle when our religious calendar doesn't necessarily line up with the secular calendar or, or people like you know. Uh, take July Fourth, for example. It's not it's not a religious holiday, but yet on the other hand, you want to bless your nation, kind of thing. But whenever, so sometimes you'll struggle with how do you fit the liturgy to the secular thing that's going on that people want, you know. And we we figure it out because we're Catholic. We make everything holy, right? But so this holiday of Thanksgiving, I always get so excited because um, the actual president of the United States put out an official decree to all people saying, "On I call all people of faith." To come come forth and to give thanks to God, uh, you know, and, be, and, and he was doing this as a a way to unite, uh, you know, a nation that was divided. And and I sit there and say, how often do we have that freedom to say, hey, look, our secular leader 
is not only giving us permission, but he's, he's commanding us, go and give thanksgiving to your God. You know, I mean, and, and so it's a real thing to inspire us and to, and it's one of those rare moments where no matter where you fall on the political spectrum, you can boldly declare, hey, from the secular perspective and from the religious perspective, let's come together here and let's take Eucharist, you know, the Greek word, Eucharist, to give thanks Mm -hmm. to, to God. And w where else would you rather do this than in the Roman Catholic Church or the Catholic Church, you know, at the altar offering the Son of God to the Heavenly Father in atonement for our sins, the true thanksgiving for, and, and it's the meal. I mean, what, what better meal could you have than the, the sacred body and blood of, of Jesus Christ? Yes. Well, that meal is always better than a turkey. <laughs> Amen. You know, I don't well, know, some, some of us like turkey, so. <laughs> true. Well, you know, interesting you bring in the, in the liturgy is even for our secular holidays for our nation, uh, the major ones like Fourth of July and Thanksgiving, that the Church has actually constructed a liturgy for those, so that, mm -hmm. uh, so that even the secular holidays become sanctified in the true Thanksgiving of the sacrifice of Christ. And so um, we as Christians, particularly as Catholics, genuinely enter every day into this thanksgiving and providential love found in the Eucharist, no matter what secular holiday we have, it becomes holy in the context of our faith. Okay, so Father, give, give, us, the, give mm -hmm. us the straight scoop here. What, what are some of your family traditions that you did growing up as Thanksgiving, and now maybe as a priest, how has that the same or changed for you, like how you actually go about celebrating um, just the Thanksgiving meal and so forth for you? Um, okay, well... Uh, growing up, I think we just had more of a traditional one, like a lot of the families do. Um, we would get together, usually with my mom's side. Well, it's flip-flop, actually. Um, and we'd have a you know, big family get-together. We'd have the, the, the turkey, you know, the stuffing, the gravy. It's all family time. It's all family time. And we'd play games afterwards. Um, probably back in the day, that was Trivial Pursuit, I guess, and uh, cards and... Um, yeah, it was just a fun family gathering time. Did you guys fight uh, over no. the wish, wishbone or anything like that? Yeah. You know what, man? That brings back memory. Yeah, actually, <laughs> my brother and I would. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah. Gosh, I forgot about that. But yeah, it's true. We would. We fight over the wishbone. <laughs> okay, how about the drumsticks? You fight over the drumsticks? No, no, I didn't. You know, I wasn't a dark meat kind of guy. I loved the, the white meat. So, so that was the that was the next question: white meat or dark meat? That's <laughs> white, white meat, white meat with gravy. Mm, mm, yummy. Well, you make me hungry. I haven't even eaten breakfast today. Now you're making me hungry. See, I'm a dark so, meat kind of guy, so I like the I like I like the dark meat better. So we we would get along well with a, a turkey carcass well, between the two of us. Y you need both yeah. in a family, right? In order to kind of divide things out. My mom that, is always the turkey right. neck. She was she was always the turkey neck. Uh -huh. She and she, my grandpa would always fight over the turkey neck. You know who who, who got that part? So yeah, the interesting uh, delicacies that uh, develop in certain families. Well, we are visiting with Father Jeff Epler, uh, priest of the Diocese of Far. Fargo, Pastor in Grafton, about uh, the meaning of Thanksgiving and how we can really sanctify this holiday in terms of our practice and our Catholic faith. More on this conversation to follow after this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these planned gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live. Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer joining you from our Grand Forks studios. A reminder to uh, check in on our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com with a lot of great information for you about the programming schedule, also the opportunity to submit prayer requests and to join in with our community throughout our listening area in uh, offering those prayer requests as well. It's a great opportunity especially to have that spiritual solidarity with one another um, despite uh, you know the, the, the um, isolated or lonesome conditions that many may be feeling. So once again, that site is yourcatholicradiostation.com. Podcasts are also available of the Real Presence Live programs that you may have missed. That's yourcatholicradiostation.com. The uh, Father Gross, I can't, I can't go. Any further. We've got to. I know we could wrap the show up with this, but could you please let our listeners know this yes. is too awesome to let it go? Any- Somebody had <laughs> called in right after the straight talk segment. They were speaking about the comment that we were making about Psalm fifty-one that uh, there is a, a tide or detergent that cleanses us, and she said that there is a prayer after Mass, which is uh, turned into a, a common communion hymn. Soul of my Savior, sanctify my breast. It goes on to say, Blood of my Savior, bathe me in Thy tide. 
tide. Now, I don't think they're talking about the same tide we're thinking of there. <laughs> tide but, detergent, <laughs> yeah. Darn, they, so we can't capitalize on this. It, it, it already exists. Oh, <laughs> uh, the, 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 the clever uh, things that our listeners come up with. It really is That's wonderful. That's very, very punny. Okay. Yes, so indeed. We're here with Father Epler, who's the pastor of St. John the Evangelist Church in Grafton, North Dakota. We've been discussing giving thanks, Thanksgiving, Eucharist, how, how to sanctify uh, this season, the secular holiday. Now, Father Epler, okay, so here's the deal. Like, we're about to get together with family and friends and gather, and we're kind of living in a divided nation right now. We've, we hit that earlier in the program where everything's like 50-50, really. One person says it's black, the other person says it's white. There's even these pandemic-related yeah, issues, and, and there's politics. even these trials going on right now, again, in Wisconsin, where the people are waiting for civil unrest, all this kind of thing. So, you know, and, you know, are you a Detroit Lions fan? Are you a Dallas Cowboys fan? I mean, it, it gets pretty rough here, these, these holidays, you know, when you gather on the, the, the turkey table. But any, any insights or thoughts about how, as we come together, you know, you, you're not supposed to talk about money, religion, politics, all this, but basically... That's everything people are talking about. So any thoughts or comments about as we get together as family and friends and stuff, how, how do we go about conducting conversations and how, how can it work for our faith? And, and how, how, what can we do here to maybe bring a little faith into it, evangelization, or just, just hope, love, charity, this kind of stuff? Well, I would recommend um, that particularly before you eat, when, when you do your prayer before meal, that you extend it beyond a regular Catholic, you know, blessed Lord and things, but uh, but actually go around the table and and thank God for something, so that all of you are joined in a genuine spirit of thanksgiving for the blessings God's given, and also to even bring up what you're thankful for God to God for regarding your family. Okay, so you can ground your family in the presence of the Lord before you start having crazy conversation over the dinner table. And also, unless you are all pretty much on the same political side, I would recommend, you know, the time of joy is not the time to bring up division. And so, I mean, there's always plenty of time to talk about the differences, but on that day, it should be a time of of gratitude for family love and and the gift of God. And so... um, Keep conversation lighthearted. You don't have to get into all, all kinds of deep conversations, and that that ends up getting everybody angry. I mean, what, to what end? Most people are so divided on politically that you're not going to change up to each other's mind most of the time. So it just ends up in an argument. You have you have three hundred and some other days to have to do that. <laughs> that that's just that's powerful. Great insight. I you make me think of uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas right now. You know. Um, he has a lot actually to say on the subject. He he reminds us, like in his summa, he says um, there are debts that we owe that we cannot pay. For example, God. Every one of us is indebted to God, and you could give your life to God and even sacrifice your life, become a martyr, but you'd still never be able to pay off the debt you owe Him for creation, for creating you, bringing to existence. Uh, your parents are another one. You could you could you know, dedicate yourself to your parents to be the perfect child and still never pay off the debt of them loving you into existence, giving you life. And he says the other one is your nation. You could, you could, you know, become a civil servant or soldier or sacrifice your life in service to the nation. You'd still never be able to pay off the debt you owe to your nation, and that's, that's called patriotism. So, but he looks at all these. He says, like, God, your parents, this, and there's other debts too, but he says in there, the only, the only, he says, in justice, you still need to give what you're able to. And he, he boils it down to Thanksgiving. 
He says, the only thing you can do when you owe a debt that you cannot pay, you owe thanksgiving. And that, that thanksgiving to God becomes religion, to your parents becomes filial um, honor to them, and for your country becomes patriotism. And, and then he goes on to say, you know, it doesn't matter. Let's say you have the worst parents in the world. Or maybe you never knew your parents. Or maybe you had abusive parents. Or maybe you have the best parents. So it doesn't matter. It transcends that personal, whether they're good or bad, you still owe this, you owe thanksgiving to them uh, because they're the perfect parents that God has given you for, for your salvation. Same thing with your nation, your country. Maybe you completely disagree with the political system. Maybe you don't like capitalism or you, whatever, you don't like the president or you do. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have good political leaders or bad political leaders. That's, that's not the point. The point is you owe a debt to, a debt of thanksgiving for your nation and what your nation does for you. And so, I think it's possible to transcend that disunity at moments like this to actually focus on that spiritual reality of what, what gratitude is. And think, I mean, it really is, like you said, St. Paul says, a sacrifice of thanksgiving. It, sometimes it, it really comes from the heart and it, it really hurts. It really hurts to be thankful for something. You know, how can you be thankful for a parent, for example, if they've caused you harm or pain? And yet, St. Thomas says, in, in justice, you, you owe gratitude, even, in, even if authority is bad authority. Well, the simple fact that your parent didn't choose to abort you, okay, I mean, that seems dark, but there's a harsh reality there in our culture, that even if you had a parent that's obviously perfect, but you got to thank God that they chose life for you. They chose life, and a lot of marked. And, um, and that, that should generate just a, a deep, gratitude to God, as well to your parents, even if you're disagreeing with them at a time, that you're existing, that you're chosen to exist, not only by God, but by your parents. Um, in a culture of death, you know, to be thankful for simply to get to life becomes sometimes a rare thing. And that, that also mm -hmm. needs to be really expressed in, the, in family unity, is just the thankfulness of the life that you have um, from God, from your parents, and with your siblings. Right. With your sibling, you know, um, I, I would recommend talk about God. <laughs> I mean, how many how many families get together Thanksgiving? They do their prayer, but when but then that's the last time they talk about God the whole time. And it's like, mm -hmm. why can't God actually be a topic of the conversation of the dinner? You know, mm -hmm. share share your insights about God and His love and, and the deep gratitude that you have for. For things, different things he's blessed in your life. And, and, and you can go around the table and say, you know what, I thank God for the blessing he's given me in you by this, this, and this. You know I mean, how many times do we do that at the dinner table? We to actually, actually, to actually look, look at the other person, treat them like a real yeah. person, and you know, transcend anything that divides us and actually acknowledge that which you can be grateful for in that person who's sitting right exactly. in front of you. Yeah. Now, um, we only have a few minutes left with you here, Father Epler, and for those who are just joining us here on Real Presence Live, we're visiting with Father Jeff Epler, a priest of the Diocese of Fargo. Now, in your parish there at St. John's in, in Grafton, there's going to be a, a big event uh, to help celebrate the uh, Christmas season, uh, Advent and Christmas season, coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, could you take a moment or two to tell us about that? Well, sure. We actually have our first uh, Christmas extravaganza, first weekend of December, December 4th and 5th. And we have uh, it's a major fundraiser for our youth ministry. And we, we have what, our country store where we sell baked goods, homemade things, canned foods and everything else. And then we have a mini raffle, a silent auction. We're also going to have time for Santa to be there. 
kids and do some ornament uh, making, candy or uh, cookie decorating, and um, have a little bit of food and fellowship and fun. And so uh, the first time we're doing this this year, and we're okay. hoping it'll work out pretty good. So we want to put on a summer camp for our kids next summer, so we're generating funds for that. Now, Father Epler, on a personal note, I can't let you go without. You have to tell our people what you what have you done this for the last thirty years. You you have this obsession with uh, making Santas. Can you quickly just tell us what is that thing that you do? <laughs> He's even written a book about this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I was in high school, my friend's teacher in high school asked if I would be interested in making some Santa Claus, and he could he could buy them, paint them, and sell them. We put the money. I'm like, yeah, okay. This is my senior year in high school. Well, I did that. Did about fifty of them. And uh, and they sold. And he's like, hey, you want to do it again? And then we did it for 30 years, 35 years. <laughs> and no, and, e- uh, each year, tell us about each year, there's something unique, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a different different style of Santa each year. I mean, they all have common threads of, of, of parents, but, but Santa might be holding camp games or, or a, a bag of presents or, or his cloak might be different, his, his garb might be different, but it's, it's a different model each year. You usually have one to two models a year. And so, um, yeah, kind of, we stopped doing that. 2017 was the last time we actually did our, our sale. And um, after that, we're like, ah, we've, been, we've been doing this for three years. Yeah, we're tired. <laughs> we don't do this anymore. Because they're all handmade, but you don't use mold. I, I make every one by little lump of clay, and I sit there and make one by hand, every every one of them. Wow. I've actually seen these with my own eyes and watch him make them. He's got a book he's written on this. It's, it's quite the fascinating thing, especially when it's July 4th. And Father Epler is sitting there crafting out of clay a Santa in front of you. It's a it's a really fascinating experience, <laughs> indeed. And, and I have to say, I, I have to say kudos to you guys up in Grafton as part of this extravaganza. How booking Santa to be there? I mean, the weekends two, two in December, he's Nicholas. really busy. So you guys, uh, you, you guys did something special there. <laughs> well, you know, he, he knows we're quality here, and so. He made a priority for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks uh, in the listening area, if you're anywhere near Grafton, and that's um, the uh, 3rd and 4th of December, do I have those dates correct? Uh, 4th and 5th. The 4th and 5th, that, that weekend of the Saturday and Sunday. Okay. In uh, in Grafton, North Dakota, St. John's, in the south side of the city. And Father Jeff Epler, thank you very much for taking some time uh, to visit with us today. Blessings to you and your ministry. Thank you. God bless you guys, too, and all your listeners. All right. Well, up next, after this break, we'll have one final segment where we're talking about the Feast of a Great King coming up this Sunday. Find out how one of our brother priests in his community will be celebrating this uh, wonderful solemnity in their context. And so that's coming right up on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 